Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. It took me a minute to warm up to doing this episode because I'm trying to be more of a beacon of positivity. I'm serious. When I was doing as much or more writing than TV work, It was easy to keep a balance. I was always on the lookout for stories that introduced my readers to someone doing something special or maybe gave them a deeper insight into a polarizing figure. Kobe, Steven Jackson, Rasheed Wallace, Derrick Rose. And I would do that by revealing their humanity. It was a positive. Even my TV work back in the day was more along the lines of reporting on developments in the league. And it was an easy way to talk about things, good things happening. Uh, that was just dependent on the kind of news that, uh, that I was getting or breaking or discussing. Now, a vast amount of my work is examining and debating the hot topics of the day or week, which inevitably requires passing judgment on someone or something which inevitably requires being critical, at least half the time. In this case, I have to take issue with a few people who are doling out the criticism because I find it galling, especially since the critics in this case are players openly criticizing and disrespecting other players. Isn't that something players complain about the media doing or fans if i looked hard enough i'm sure i could find examples of the very players i'm about to discuss having railed at some point at the media or about fans for being unfairly negative let's start with anthony davis of the los angeles lakers for those who may not know davis is out with a sprained foot right now For those who also may not know, 
Davis was recently recently asked if he thought the Lakers would have beat the Phoenix Suns last year in the first round of the playoffs had he, A.D., not suffered a groin injury that forced him to miss the second half of Game 4, all of Game 5, and all but five minutes of Game 6 when he tried to give it a go and ultimately couldn't. The Suns ended up winning all three, bouncing back from a 2-1 deficit to open the series. Now, why someone would ask him now seems like blatant fishing for a controversial response. And AD did not disappoint by taking the bait. The question was asked after the Suns blasted the Lakers. So, the Suns were there. Uh, That's why... I understand that you might ask about Phoenix, but to go all the way back and ask about that series just is clearly looking to get a controversial response. And AD, God bless him, took the bait. Asked if his injury was the main reason the Suns beat the Lakers in the playoffs last year, AD said, it was. We know that. They know that. They got away with one. I don't care if you believe that to be true. I don't care if AD believes it to be true. I don't care who believes it to be true. There is absolutely no point in saying it. It's not as if AD is going to have a chance to prove it. Even if the Lakers somehow fight their way into the playoffs and somehow get another shot at the Phoenix Suns. This Lakers team is not that Lakers team. Win or lose, they're not proving anything about last year's team's capabilities. What it does do is light a fire under the Phoenix Suns collectively to show you, the Lakers and AD, absolutely no mercy or make the mistake of taking what looks like a woe-begotten Lakers team too lightly. All that is out the window. You just put them on notice that you don't respect what they did last year. Not just beating you, but getting all the way to the finals and going to six games with the Milwaukee Bucks. Which AD should respect, because he should know not only what an accomplishment that is, but also how much a team gains from making that march. That's the other part of this. AD and the Lakers sure as hell won't be facing the same Suns team that came into last year's playoffs with a big part of their roster, including Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges, never having played a minute of playoff basketball. It is a team that fell to the champions, more so, examined where the weaknesses in their roster might be, and bolstered them with shrewd additions like Bismack Biombo and JaVale McGee and Alfred Payton and Aaron Holloway. Never mind the fact that they just blasted you without Chris Paul, still took you apart without Chris Paul, who also was injured in that first round series, was playing hurt. So you weren't the only team that was compromised. And no, the Phoenix Suns don't know that. And no, they didn't get away with one. It's just flat out disrespectful 
Am I not aware of a comment one of the Phoenix Suns made about the Lakers run in the bubble to a championship being fraudulent? Because that's the only reason I can think of that AD would have justification for taking a shot at the Suns. Otherwise, he's the dude in the glass house throwing rocks. Forget about the fact that Chris Paul was compromised in that same first round. Has he forgotten that the Lakers won their bubble title playing a Miami Heat team that lost its starting center, Bam Adebayo, to injury 20 minutes into game one and did not get him back until game four? A Heat team that also lost its starting point guard, Goran Dragic, after 15 minutes of game one? and did not get him back until game six? Now, I don't know if Adebayo and Dragic would have made a difference as far as the Heat beating the Lakers. All I know is they were as instrumental to the Heat reaching the finals as AD was for the Lakers. Dragic and Bam were the Heat's leading scorers dispatching the Celtics in the second round. Bam was a double-double machine throughout the playoffs until he hurt his neck in game one against the Lakers. And after that, he didn't have a single double-digit rebound in the finals and shot 53%, which doesn't sound bad, but wasn't anywhere close to the 60% he shot against both the Bucks and Celtics in the previous two rounds. Here's the other part of AD's comment that lands wrong with me. Dude, why are you talking about last year? The Lakers are a mess, in part because you're injured again. Crowing about what you would have done last year if you hadn't been hurt again just comes off as both supremely arrogant and oblivious. Does he really have, AD that is, does he really have that many yes-men and sycophants around him that he has no sense of how ordinary he looked when healthy this season? That since winning that bubble ring, he has looked like a guy who is more than satisfied with it being his only ring. That being tagged as LeBron's heir apparent with a franchise as proud and historic and legendary as the Lakers is not something to be taken lightly or for granted. That it comes with a responsibility he hasn't come close to fulfilling yet. And that he looks as if he doesn't get any of that. And for anyone wondering, no, I don't think AD coming back this season will make a bit of difference for the Lakers at this point. Here's a small but telling indication of just how disinterested the Lakers are in paying attention to the details, the the simplest details that have to do with winning. Against the Washington Wizards the other night, one of their rare wins in recent memory, Westbrook, Russ Westbrook, lined up in the big man spot for a free throw by the Wizards. Instead of Stanley Johnson, who's the natural big man. Uh, And on the free throw, Russell made no attempt to box out Kristaps Porzingis, who was in the slot between him and Stanley. And as a result, free throw was missed. Kristaps buried Russell under the rim, then grabbed the, the miss and laid the ball in for an easy putback. And then when Stanley looked at Russ as they were running up court 
to go the other way and gave him the, what did you do that for? What was that all about? Russ waved him on. I mean, literally waved him off as if to say, don't bother me, kid. Just, just get down the court. That's not what I call stellar leadership. That's, <laughs> I don't give an F level and suggest that the Lakers have reached epic proportions in that department. And AD's presence isn't about to reverse any of that. Hell, he might just add to it based on how he's played most of this season. For those who may not know, with AD, they've been a perfectly 500 team. So as it stands, there is a very real possibility that they will finish 10th in the Western Conference, which means they'll have to win two road games in the play-in tourney just to get into the playoffs, and they're likely to play those two games with one day off in between, which would be a travel day. That means the chance of LeBron James giving you epic back-to-back scoring performances, which seems to be the only way they win these days, is not very good. They're also 9-21 and on the road last time I checked, and the reason is pretty clear. Their defense, which is mediocre on their best days, really deteriorates away from home. So the idea that they're going to win two games on the road, eh, I'd say they're not. And no, AD isn't going to help with that either, the defense or the road play, because his current defensive rating is the worst of his career. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And then there's Paul Pierce. For those who may not know, the former Boston Celtic recently said that if he had played with the talent James Harden has had around him, he would have won five championships. For those who may not know, Pierce won one in 2008 with Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo, and a host of quality complimentary players like James Posey, Eddie House, Tony Allen, and Big Baby Davis. It was perhaps the first time we've, we've seen the big three constructed, purposely constructed by GM Danny Ainge, brought them all together. Now, not the same as we saw subsequently where LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh elected to get together, or Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That, that's one step beyond what that was. Because Kevin, uh, Kevin Garnett originally didn't want to leave Minnesota, didn't want to go to Boston. He was traded there. Ray Allen was traded there. Paul Pierce was the incumbent. But fact of the matter is, he was with a big three, the three amigos, as it was advertised at the team at the time. Now, when they won their championship, Pierce was the finals MVP. For in part, well, he was their closer, without question. Uh, he also made a miraculous comeback in game one after being rolled to the locker room in a wheelchair. Nobody was quite clear on what the injury was. Assumed it was a lower body injury. 
because of the wheelchair. Now, why he had to be wheeled to the locker room is hotly debated. Pierce at one point said it was because he had to go to the bathroom, but then later walked back that, uh, that version. Considering how he played when he returned, it's fairly clear the wheelchair was a piece of drama, whatever you think the injury was. A little over the top, definitely unnecessary. Anyway, Pierce had four more years with Rondo, Allen, and KG after winning that championship and made the finals one more time, sandwiched between second-round exits and losing to the Lakers in seven games in that second meeting in the finals. Now, the Celtics were also one of only three 60-win teams the year after winning their title and got knocked out in the second round by an Orlando Magic team that counted Dwight Howard, Rashard Lewis, and Hito Turkoglu as its big three. They also had a starting backcourt of Rafer Alston and J.J. Redick. You know where I'm going. Not world beaters. Not a collection of all-time greats. If Paul Pierce wants to claim James Harden has underachieved underachieved with the talent that he's had around him, that's fine. That's his prerogative. I don't know that Pierce, who who was never first-team All-NBA or won league MVP, has grounds to suggest that he's better than Harden, a six-time first-team All-NBA selection and league MVP. But I do know that he has no grounds to suggest that he would have won five championships if he had been in Harden's shoes. That is as hyperbolic as calling for a wheelchair and then sprinting back on the floor and knocking down daggers against Kobe Bryant in the finals to win game one. It's as hyperbolic as LeBron making his not five, not six, not seven championships promise when he arrived in Miami, something that Pierce watched and took great exception to. So how is it that now, all these years later, he's going to cavalierly say that if he had played with one Hall of Famer in Russ Westbrook or Chris Paul or Dwight Howard or Kevin Durant, he would have had five championships when he played with two Hall of Famers for a franchise and possibly a third, if we're going to count Rondo, I'd put him in. In any case, at least two Hall of Famers for a franchise that is second only to the Lakers as far as championship pedigree and institutional knowledge. And he only won one title. I long have considered Paul Pierce one of the better closers in the game, willing and able to make every big, uh, take every big shot. But he really didn't get into peak shape or commit himself to defense until Kevin Garnett came to town. I always thought Paul Pierce was a little bit better than he was given credit for. And it's not as if Paul didn't play with talent before KG and Ray Allen arrived or Rajon Rondo was drafted. Antoine Walker was a three-time All-Star and was the starting power forward on the Miami Heat's 2006 championship winning team. He was the incumbent star when Paul Pierce arrived in Boston. Now, Paul played with Gary Payton the year before Payton went to Miami and won a ring with Walker. Pierce, Payton, and Walker couldn't make it out of the first round, but Payton and Walker 
went to Miami and won a championship with Dwayne Wade, who Pierce also claimed he was better than. And while his former teammates were winning a ring, Pierce was averaging 26 points a game for a team that went 33 and 49, something Harden has never done, which is played for a team with a losing record that failed to make the playoffs. Now, there's plenty about what Harden has done that I disagree with. Bailing on the Rockets, okay, fine. He gave them advance notice that he didn't want to be there. They were rebuilding. Uh, Tillman Fertito's political persuasion uh, had an influence on everybody in Houston who could get out of there. I get that. So do I like the fact that he shut it down? No, but I get it. They weren't moving on moving him. So he, he went nuclear. He pushed the button. Bailing on the Brooklyn Nets while refusing to tell them he was bailing on them until the last second, that's a lot different. That is just wrong. He's clearly, by the way, not someone who treats his body as his work tool, requiring care and maintenance to operate at peak functionality. But neither did Pierce. Harden is accused of being all about his stats and blaming his shortcomings on a lack of support. Well, I seem to recall Pierce having the same focus on numbers and lodging the same comments about his supporting cast at the time. Pierce is free to say whatever he wants, obviously. But he permanently loses his ability to complain about the media tearing people down or giving too much significance to whether or not a player has been a champion when he takes the shots that he did against Harden. Now, Pierce has been wildin' for a while. So, it's one of the reasons why he's no longer at ESPN. So, this really isn't out of character. And he's out of the game. So, okay, how much does it really matter? But AD is a different story. AD is still very much in the game. And I don't know if he's looked around, but he's with a franchise that's going to have a lot of work to do to catch up to where the Suns are. To be talking about what happened last year, considering what the landscape looks like going forward for both the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Lakers was not a very well thought out decision on AD's part. I just can't help but feel like everything that he said about the Phoenix Suns has a great chance of coming back to bite him. We'll see. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. In the next, we've got talk of Tom Thibodeau coming back for the New York Knicks as the head coach next season. We've also got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant putting up stupendous numbers and players across the league putting up stupendous numbers. The most we've seen, the most 50-point games we've seen in one month already since 1962, December of 1962, when Wilt Chamberlain was doing it on the regular all by himself. If I can get some intel on exactly why we're seeing this happen and what it means as far as the prospects going into the playoffs, 
then that will be the topic of my next podcast. If not, we may have to dive into Tibbs, whether he is or isn't sticking around and what that means for the Knicks, or some other tantalizing topic. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.